episode number seven. How long will it take to be financially independent, investing 3,000 euros per month? Hello and welcome to the Irish Fire Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Halton. I'm an entrepreneur, investor, and financial independence enthusiast, sharing my financial freedom journey. Stay tuned and welcome aboard. Hopefully you enjoyed my last podcast on getting started and investing in peer-to-peer lending. And I thought it might be a good idea just to kind of put a little bit of context on financial independence and just how long it takes. So yeah, in this episode, I'm going to talk about just how long it will actually take to be financially independent if you were saving 3,000 euros a month. But before I get started, you may have been hearing recently about a lot of the car dealers are now giving 0% APR on a brand new car. And it might seem like a really good idea to go and get effectively a 0% loan to buy a brand new car. And yeah, I'm a businessman myself, so I often try and think, what's the catch? Cars are an interesting one. Cars are a little bit like university degrees, right? So if you take the United States, for example, 30 years ago, a degree, I think in America would cost you, I think on average, about 6,000 per year, whereas now it's in the tens of thousands per year. What's changed and what has actually changed in America and has happened in many countries, and and we're kind of grateful in many ways that this hasn't happened in Ireland, is that uh, they're giving out student loans so easily. So with the loan comes suddenly a massive increase in cost. And it's amazing how that kind of happens. And for me, when I look at brand new cars, and I think there's something like 90% of new cars are purchased on finance, right? So only 10% of cars are actually purchased with cold, hard cash. I kind of look at it and think, would the price of a car be as high as it is, you know, typically a new car is about 30,000 euro, if there wasn't a loan available to purchase them? And I think what these car companies are now doing is, you know, the good times are back. I had a friend even call me up recently to say, oh, look, I want to get one of these cars. It's, it's only going to cost me 500 euros a month over five years. And that's now how people are looking at the cost of a car. They're not actually looking at the 30 grand or the 40 grand for the car. They're looking at how much it's going to cost them each month. And that's what the dealers are trying to sell. I mean, if you look at these, you know, the, the ads where they're selling a car, they're not even telling you how much the car is. They're just saying, oh, it's X amount per month, right? Zero percent interest. But, you know, you've actually got to get a calculator out and work out what the actual cost is going to be before you go, well, hang on a second. Is that a good deal? And the trouble is most people aren't thinking if that's a good deal or not based on the actual cost. They're looking only at the monthly cost. If you are thinking about taking one of these deals, basically put this point of view out there. Just look at the actual cost of what you're paying for the car and compare that against other car costs, right? From, from what other cars are selling before you commit to it. Because you know, it just might be a little bit of a, of a wolf in sheep's clothing. And look, this is no different from so many other things you see in finances, you know, the the traps of credit cards, where if you don't pay off the full balance in time, you suddenly get hit by a massive interest rate and, um, you know, missing mortgage payments and so many things that we see on day to day that truthfully, the average person probably wouldn't know to look for or wouldn't realize that it even exists, or in many cases, just wouldn't be in a position where they can do anything about it anyway. But just keep looking because there's always a hidden catch in all of these things. Um, But yeah, on today's topic anyway. What I thought I'd like to do is just try and put some context around how long financial independence takes. And before I get crunching on the numbers, I will give some background to the numbers. 
I want us to first look at how long a typical retirement cycle takes. So let's assume that you start working full-time at 25. For most people, it's probably before then, but let's assume you've put yourself through college and you're starting at 25. You've probably got a little bit of debt built up from uh, going through college and not having an income in those years, but you're going to be working for at least 40 years full-time, right? I mean, 65, you know, by the time that we get to 65, or at least my age in my 30s, it won't be 65 anymore. It'll probably be 70. So we could probably assume 45 years of working, right? Right? That is a long time. That is a massive chunk of your life. And when you consider that probably your first 10 years are a little bit of a write-off because your childhood just goes like that. Yeah, you know, you've got your teenage years, you're learning, you're still getting to know yourself. And then you've got your college years where you're still learning to know yourself. By the time you actually know yourself, you're suddenly stuck giving away five days a week uh, for the next 40 odd years. So that's a long time. And one of the realizations I had when I started financial independence was that I'd been programming for, you know, at the time, 13 odd years. And I thought, gosh, another 30 years of programming? How many learning cycles would I have to go through? How many times will that programming languages change in that time? And will my job even be there in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years? You just don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. You know, does that mean I'm going to have to change careers two or three times in my 45 years? There's a very, very good chance that I would. That was one of the reasons why financial independence seemed a good option. And I'm going to give some numbers here before I get into it too much. But um, well, the numbers that I'm looking at, and obviously they will change and you can work this out. And I will publish the spreadsheet that I use as well uh, in the show notes so that you can take it and change it accordingly. Uh, I'm no Excel expert, right? But uh, by all means, it should give you a little bit of a, a reference point and something to get started on. And you can change the numbers as you need. I'm assuming that you're going to be investing 3,000 euros per month, which is about what I'm investing at the moment. So that's why I've used that number. Yeah, it is, it is a high number, but at the same time, to realistically get there within a certain time frame, or at least a realistic time frame, then we're going to assume that you're going to get fairly serious about, uh, about doing this. And look, at, as I've touched on earlier, if this is something that maybe you're interested in, but you're not looking to get fully financially independent, fine, start with a smaller number, or at least make a start. Even if it's 100 euros a month, it's at least a start. I'm assuming that in this case, we're going with 3,000 a month. Uh, I'm assuming our returns are going to be 1% per month. That's before tax. I'm going to assume a tax rate of 33%. I use that rate because that's the current capital gains rate. It's going to be the PRSI rate. And it's also a nice rounded rate between the income tax rate of uh, you know 19% to 50%. It's, it's somewhere between there. And I just often find that when I do a tax return, the net tax rate seems to come out around 33%. I think for investing, that's a good one to use. The other thing I'm going to be assuming is that you're going to need a thousand euros a week to live off. So this is the big subject of change. It very much depends on where you live. Keep in mind, though, that if you are financially independent, you would no longer need to live in the big cities if you didn't want to. You could find a nice little Irish village somewhere with a few pubs and uh, you know, nice people and relax a lot more and not have to deal with any of the traffic uh, and high prices that you do in the cities. So obviously that might be, that, that floats your boat a little bit. It certainly does for me. So um, you know, that's been one of my, uh, my kind of big wins moving out to a small village. But yeah, so we're gonna assume a thousand euros after tax, uh, which is about 1500 euros before tax a week. Uh, so we're assuming 6,000 euros a month gross or 4,000 euros a month after tax. If we look at the year one, and I'm just going to talk through some of the numbers. And again, this is going to touch on compounding, right? This is going to assume that you're going to keep the money in your investment pot until you need to start drawing from it down at the very end of the process, right? And this will show some of the effects of compounding has. So in the first 12 months, you're going to put away 36,000. Because you're getting 1% per month, the total interest throughout the year is going to come out at just over 2,000 euros. 
And you might say, well, hang on a second, Mike, 1% of 36 grand is 3,600. But keep in mind that that is a monthly investment. You're not actually getting the full whack until the next year, if you like. After the first year, you'll have a portfolio of 38,000, which is very much in line with where I was at. I had a portfolio of just over 40,000 at the end of my first 12 months. Uh, so it's very much in line with that. There would be a tax due of around 600 euros, just under 700 euros. Keep in mind that there is a capital gains free tax-free allowance. So there's a good chance you may pay uh, little tax in that first year anyway, which would just be a bonus. I haven't taken that into account, just for simplicity's sake, by all means that might be something like a little bit of a bonus at the end of year one. So year two we put exactly the same in again, we put another 36,000 in, and this time we get 6,700 in interest. So it's actually tripled, which is great. And again, that's just that effect of compounding. And that'll leave you with a total balance of just over 80,000 by the end of year two, which is very much where my goals have been for the end of year two for me as well. You'll have a tax bill of just over 2,000 euros, which will knock it down slightly, but you're still going to be in a pretty good place. So again, I'm going to have the spreadsheet in the show notes. If you want to go into details, you can, but I'm just going to assume that you're going to keep putting away 36 grand a year or 3,000 a month year after year. So after year three, you would have put in 108,000 altogether. So that's 36 times three years, and that'll be earning you just under 12,000 a year, which is pretty good. Um, so yeah, even after three years, 12,000 extra a year. What a great, uh, a great additional income that would be, an extra 1000 a month, right? So we keep doing this year after year, and I'm going to give you the answer now in terms of how many years you would have to do this. After 10 years, you will have income coming through of 62000 a year, which is great. You're almost there at that point. You're almost, almost there. Uh, and after 11 years, you'll have 72000 uh, in gross uh, income coming through. At that point, that is over the 6,000 mark. So the, the answer here is about 10 and a half years is how long you would have to do this at 3,000 a month. So that's a lot less than the 45 odd that I quoted earlier. We're talking about 11 years, 11 years of pain to get there. Put it in context of myself, I am at month 19 on this chart, right? According to my portfolio of just over 60,000. And I would need to get to month 132. Do I think I'll get there? Realistically, no. Right, and that's probably gonna surprise you a little bit. I don't think I will get there. I don't think I would need to get there. What I'm finding is, and I've touched on this a couple of times in the previous episodes, is the more that I put myself out there and the more that I look to take opportunities, the more I see the need that the business world and the opportunities in the, the business side will probably exceed what I need to do from the investing side. So my focus in financial independence hasn't just been on investing. It's also been on uh, starting businesses and, and doing that side of it. And the more I kind of see that side of it, the more I think that I'll eventually have some successful business that will bring me in passive income before I get to the 10 and a half years of investing. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm going to stop investing. Uh, it might mean that I adjust myself as I go. I might have some years where I focus more on the business side uh, than I do on the investing side. And I've kind of touched on this in the past. Because I'm a web developer, I still need to sell my time to get my income um, from the investing side. So about half my time at the moment will cover my salary and our basic day-to-day -day living. And the other half will cover that 3,000 a month in terms of putting it into investments. So it's very much a case where if I got to a stage where I felt like I needed to leverage more of my time, that I might cut back on the programming to allow me to spend more time on the businesses to ultimately bring in more income in the long run. But that's something that, you know, and I've said this before, you've got to position yourself. So you've got to kind of kick that can down the road a bit. 
And that's a lot of what this stuff is about. You'll start to see opportunities, or at least opportunities will come to you. And I mean, I had one today. I mean, today's a Sunday. I had a text about an hour and a half ago from somebody that I had dealt with about two or three months ago. I'd helped a company out building a payment system, and I'd done it for free for them. Yeah, they were kind of friends of mine, and it was something that I was happy to do. And then all of a sudden, you get this text, and oh, hey, Mike, uh, look, I've got a couple of guys who have this other business venture that they're starting up. They need something very similar. Is this something that we could pay you to help with? Now, I don't know yet if I'll take payment for it. I might decide to become a business partner in the venture altogether. I don't know, but it's a conversation that I get to have. Another example is uh, I started the hockey business, which is a kind of a hobby hockey business to basically (laughs) earn money while I get to coach my kids. And I met a great uh, man along the way who was actually a rugby coach, but he wanted his son to get into hockey. His son took to it and he's since been helping me coach. And we've since had other conversations about potentially starting other businesses together um, because he's got a very extensive background in all sorts of other interesting things. And there's great opportunities for us to partner with other things. So you've got to kind of make a start in something. And I think the investing side is a great side of it. And it's a huge part of financial independence. It's the core part and it's the way to do it in terms of, you know, the investing side is my plan B, if you like. And that's why I will continue to invest and I'll continue to encourage you to invest. But as I've discovered, the more that I do the journey, the more that this kind of plan A comes up, which is this whole business side of it and taking the opportunities and putting myself out there. And, you know, as I've mentioned before, walking down the street and people knowing who I am, because I'm not just a corporate drone who's stuck in an office for you know, 10, 12 hours a day, you know, working as little as possible, but I'm actually putting myself out there and, and just talking and networking with people. It gives me a much happier lifestyle and uh, I'm much happier as a result. By all means, you know, I'm not suggesting don't invest. I think investing is a key part of financial independence. But if you do listen to other people along the way, they will share similar stories. And I've mentioned before the mad scientist. Yeah, he's kind of one of the originals, right? Yeah, he built up, I think, a million euro plus in index funds, basically the S&P 500. Uh, And then he retired. He left his job. He also was a, a computer programmer out of interest because during the way he had built some sort of website along the way, uh, he has never had to draw down from his shares yet because the passive website that he wrote while he was becoming financially independent is now bringing him in regular income with him doing very, very little work from it. He's living proof that, uh, that the investing side is important. But as you go through this and as you start to see opportunities, that the business side might be something that becomes of interest as well. Keep all options open, but at the same time, make a start, get better, make it a habit keep progressing and just watch out for those traps, right? Watch out for those 0% APR traps because they are everywhere. So yeah, hopefully this will give you some context in terms of what I'm trying to do and what you can potentially do. What I've kind of touched on before is there is no right answer for this. There is no magic way. There never is, right? (laughs) Anything in life, there never is. You need to find your own path. Yeah, one of the things that I've always sort of focused on in my life is is I've always been this kind of, let's make it all simple. Let's let's fit everything into a box and, and just make it yeah, kind of makes sense. I guess the more I kind of grow up, the more I realize that life isn't like that. There's multiple ways to do anything. And if anything, you've got to give yourself that plan A and that plan B. And that's kind of what I'm doing with with all of the stuff I'm doing. And so just look for opportunities, broaden your horizons and make a start. But yeah, most of all, go out there and just make it work. Thanks for listening to today's episode. As you likely already know, the path to financial freedom starts with you taking action. If you've been inspired by my story, why not come and join me at one of my events? I attend meetups regularly and also host webinars every couple of weeks. Most of the events are free to attend. Visit www.firepodcast.ie 
and click on the events tab for more information. The link will also be available in the show notes.